Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. Okay, I'm super excited to have today's guest with us on Cloud and Clear. Please welcome Partha Panda, CEO of Sysip. Tony, thank you so much for uh, having me here today. We just met recently, but it feels like we've known each other forever. I don't know why. You know, it's uh, it's a technology world. It uh, it uh, definitely reduces distance, and it's. I feel the technology business is so new, and it's such a small world. Everybody knows uh, everybody else, but uh, I find a lot of synergy between uh, the company that we are building and Tony, your your history and uh, and Sarah System. So I see a lot of. Uh, lot of common grounds and absolutely agree. It feels like we have known each other forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to talk about a little bit later how this pandemic is affecting everything. And there's a lot of negatives, tons of negatives. But I do feel in weird ways it has brought people closer together in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we've had a lot of technology and tools in the past at our disposal. Um, and uh, we took a lot of these for granted. I'm not sure if we um, extracted the value that's possible out of these tools. And we are stretching these tools now. And uh, it does feel like, you know, every call that I've been with you has always been a video call, right? I've never uh, uh, done yeah. a phone call with you anymore, yeah, right? So true. I think in the past, we would probably do phone calls and such. So I absolutely agree. In, in ways, it has absolutely drawn us uh, drawn us together and uh, more importantly we do have a common topic now to start off instead of the weather totally. now it's coronavirus <laughs> right? so... <laughs> not only are we on video but we're in each other's homes yes. <laughs> we're inviting each other like this is my house that's your house this is my dog oh these are my kids it's very personal very personal um so again we met very recently uh we engaged on some really great uh, uh partnerships and enablement around google cloud but before we get into any of that as well i really want to know uh what led you to be the ceo of Sysiv. what that what was that journey like i think we have a lot of listeners from different backgrounds and they look at executives like partha and say how did he get there i want to be partha one day and everyone has an interesting story so let's go back as far back as you want and let's start from there. Fantastic. I, I honestly don't think I've accomplished anything great, but I'm uh, happy to share my my journey with uh, with yourself and, and the audience. So uh, I was born and raised in India uh, by trade or by education. I'm an engineer uh, and I specialized in electronics and telecommunication because back in the days there was no specialization on computer science. So computer science was Part of uh, part of electrical engineering and part of electronics, so uh, that's what set me on onto this IT path, if you will. I really wanted to. I didn't. It was too early, and uh, computers just fascinated me, especially software, right? And I didn't even know what the uh, what software meant back then. And uh, I. Uh, uh, did my engineering and then started uh, in some consulting companies, some large companies. Uh, moved out to Europe and then eventually to the to the Valley uh, in California, which is where I I landed in the mid uh, to late nineties. And uh, um, I had an opportunity, a fantastic opportunity, when I look back to work for a for a startup and get introduced to the whole disruption cycle uh, in the mm. Valley. This is mid to late nineties. You can oh, be, being in the Valley in the mid to the late nineties. Those were the days. Time. Those were the time. those were the days, and it was uh, pre dot com boom. So uh, oh, we had an amazing run. Uh, 
Um, I worked with uh, with a startup in the cybersecurity business. So 22, 23 years back. And this was my entry into the cybersecurity business, which was so absolutely fascinating for me. Uh, absolutely younger uh, and uh, and just being part of the disruption cycle and uh, and understanding how uh, smaller companies can make such a massive impact mm. uh, in the global landscape, right? And it was also my introduction into cybersecurity for me uh, that was early in that in that journey, and cybersecurity was new. Nobody knew what cybersecurity was. So, uh, uh, from that perspective, I am being uh, really lucky to be a part of an industry which is young, and uh, I was early in that journey. So, I've seen a lot in the last twenty-two years that has that has happened. Uh, we sold that company at the at the peak in two thousand to another company called Entrust Technologies. And uh, they were based out of Dallas and Ottawa. And that's when my association with both these uh, cities started uh, mm. with people in these cities and companies. And, and it was fascinating just working for Entrust. My first exposure to uh, uh, to go through an acquisition and understand how this whole model works. And I got so fascinated. Uh, I thought I had to go and do my MBA to better mm. understand uh, uh, this whole mergers and acquisitions world, which was which is which is which is new for me, my first time, as I said, uh, I did my MBA and um, right um, after Entrust, I had an opportunity to work with uh, another startup, very fascinating. Uh, this is a company called Third Brigade, based out of Ottawa, founded by uh, by executives, ex executives out of out of Entrust, who I had known uh, many years, and uh, we were building a self defending server. So that was the concept. This is wow. 2004, and and uh, our vision was uh, the server should be able to auto adapt its security policy based on the footprint. So we we're kind of early mm. uh, for its time with that technology. But a couple of things happened that was um, that was fantastic for uh, for the technology we were building. Number one, we saw the start of. Uh, infrastructure decoupling. And what that meant mm -hmm. is application and code, which used to be very hardware and server-centric in the mainframe world, got into client and server. We're now taking that next uh, uh, leap in that journey with virtualization, right? Mm -hmm. Now you could have an application running on multiple machines on a single piece of hardware. So that, in my head, was the first stage in that infrastructure decoupling journey. And then right after that, a few years after, cloud happened, right? And so mm -hmm. uh, because we had this concept of self-defending server, we created a piece of software which would sit on any asset and uh, and provide security to it. So as assets, as workloads moved from physical to virtual to the cloud, our software traveled with it. And we became coupled with that journey, and uh, and and we're able to add a lot of value. So fast forward, uh, we uh, were lucky to um, uh, to get a get an exit for Third Brigade. We sold to uh, another large cybersecurity company, Trend Micro, mm -hmm. and uh, we all uh, were uh, again lucky to be a part of that build out that happened after the acquisition. Uh, because we spotted some of these trends early, whether it was virtualization or cloud, uh, we kind of took an all-in approach with, with these technologies. We would really go out, innovate, integrate deep into these platforms, deep into the fabric of these platforms, and bring in a unique solution for our customers. 
you know, it's been uh, more than 10 years since the acquisition. Uh, but in the in the 10 years we were there, uh, we went on and this, you know, I like to think of it as a tiny company which started this technology, yeah. obviously got a big boost with Trend Micro, all the muscles, the global uh, sales and, uh, and marketing access that we did and, and, and people. Uh, we went on uh, to get over a billion dollars in, in revenue for that product. Wow. And, uh, and today, the last time I counted, and I, I, have, uh, I haven't checked recently, but we had over $5 billion instance hours in the cloud protected by that one technology that uh, we built on a dining table, right? So that's how the journey started. So, you know, I was going to ask you what led you to stay for 10 years, you know, and it seemed like you were definitely experiencing some magic with the growth and the support. So obviously a, a wonderful place Trend Micro was for 10 years, but also a great acquisition for them, apparently. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out well for both, and and you're right. I'm I'm more of a uh, personally. I'm more of a look uh, for the next big thing that you want to work on. What's new? How can we help customers better? And uh, and uh, we saw that spirit inside Trend, and uh, and we also saw the growth that came with that acquisition. So it was fascinating for us. Again, a fantastic learning experience for myself mm -hmm. personally and everybody involved. Like 75 percent of the of third brigade is uh, is in some capacity still connected with trend micro uh, wow. to, like 10 years later right so i had multiple roles in the company i started by running biz dev and strategic alliances so we worked with amazon and microsoft and google ibm hp and everybody and and that was fantastic then i went on to uh, run a global channel in us federal sales for all of trend micro mm. after that uh, i um, I took on a corporate strategy and M&A for all of Trend Micro. So we did some interesting acquisitions and divestitures, including uh, acquiring a tipping point out of HP and, mm -hmm. uh, and integrating that inside Trend Micro, another very successful acquisition for us. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, we also launched uh, a venture fund. Uh, it's called Trend Forward Capital. Uh, I mm -hmm. was part of the founding team. And uh, we launched this fund and we are very active. Uh, we have invested in 13 companies so far, uh, primarily around kind of big data, data science, automation. And, and that's kind of the common theme across all of our investments. And so uh, as, as a part of that journey, as a part of that, uh, you know, somewhere when we, uh, I, was, I was running corporate strategy and M&A and, uh, and with, with that fund, uh, we wanted to. We had an ambition to do more inside the cybersecurity operations center, mm -hmm. and we saw that that could be the next wave of innovation for customers in the cybersecurity business. With Trend, we got an exposure to a lot of different technologies. We had technologies in the network, on the endpoints, in the cloud, and data centers, and and so on. And one area where uh, our customer asking us to do more was uh, the cybersecurity operations center, the SOC, which is the, mm -hmm. think of it as the command center of, of anything cyber and yes. inside uh, inside a customer. And uh, we looked at the space and our e immediate reaction was to go and do an acquisition and then bring in an asset or, or and, and, and that would be a head start and then we could do more. Yes. Uh, we are primarily an innovative company, like that's uh, the DNA. And, and we looked at the space and we spent a good amount of time just looking at the different technologies and uh, opportunities to acquire. And, and uh, at the end, we, just, we concluded that acquisition did not make sense because this was hmm. a, a space where we felt it was ripe for disruption. There were technologies which have been around for 20, 22 years and uh, uh, old architecture. And there was an opportunity to kind of uh, follow and adopt a completely cloud native new architecture, take advantage of all the 
uh, all the developments on the cloud front, we also saw that cyber uh, security inside the SOC had quickly become a big data problem. And so mm -hmm. uh, having mm -hmm. uh, uh, just people thrown at the problem was not the solution. We had to have the right mix between technology and people. Uh, we also noticed that uh, the, uh, the amount of uh, technology inside the SOC was just too high. There was just lots of fragmentation, lots of products, lots of tools, and customers had the responsibility to deal with all the complexity that comes with trying to integrate that many tools, not just the expenses of it, just integrating and use loose context when you move from one to another to another. And last but not the least is uh, there is a huge skill set gap in the cybersecurity business today, right? We have over... I want to say maybe 2 million just in U.S. alone by, by next year. And uh, this is just U.S. If you look at global, it's much larger. And customers struggle with finding the right talent and so on. Right. So we saw a fantastic opportunity where uh, we could have a brand new, uh, a completely cloud-native modern architecture solution, right? Riding on data science automation and have some experts behind the scenes hand-holding our customers. So that's mm -hmm. what led to creation of SISIB. It started as a as a project inside Trend Micro, uh, a 10 people team where we tried to figure out what we want to build and what we want to do. And uh, my co-founder, uh, Justin Foster, was leading that team and uh, we were looking at the market and assessing what else uh, uh, is needed. And, and, uh, and uh, one thing led to another and, and uh, we started building this platform on our own and got really excited in 2018. So we started building in December of 2016 and we absolutely had the luxury because we were inside trend. We had access to the largest of customers and partners right. who helped right. us co-design that platform. So we started building that out. And in uh, 2018, we got really excited. We thought, uh, you know, this needs more focus and concentration. And the other, other aspect of it was for us to be successful inside SOC, we had to be vendor agnostic. So we thought mm -hmm. it would be better off if it is spun out of Trend Micro and run as an independent company. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did in summer of 2018. Oh, it's uh, so interesting. We kept building this platform. And in 2019, we went out to a select customer just to prove our hypothesis, right? Fact that it can scale, fact that it can do what we promised it would do, right? And we had to validate that. So we went mm -hmm. to some large and some really small customers so that we had the whole spectrum covered. But our interest was enterprise because uh, of the data. We had a lot of machine yeah. learning algorithms and we needed training and we needed the data to finesse these algorithms. And uh, so we started with some large customers and, and it was fascinating just uh, being able to go into that environment and, and add value and, and show how quickly we can help um, uh, you know, go from kind of the, I want to say the legacy architecture and move to the modern architecture. Um, and I won't say it was completely a lift and shift because uh, we were able to integrate into their existing workflows and businesses and so on. And then over a period of time, you start to sunset things that uh, that you think are, are not needed. Right? So uh, it was great. And, and we were uh, excited with the traction and uh, we were uh, we were getting by the end of 2019. Uh, we decided to go out and uh, and raise some external capital for uh, for the company and uh, and that's why I call cybersecurity a really small world. Uh, we went out to um, Forge Point Capital, which was founded by Alberto Yepes, who was the founder and CEO of the first uh, startup that I was a part of. In the oh, time. my goodness. Okay, 23 <laughs> years back. And uh, we, we obviously kept oh. the relationship alive. Um, Amazing. And, uh, 
we had a couple of people who have helped us tremendously in the journey. Number one was Wayal um, uh, Muhammad, who was the president and board member of, of Friend Micro. He was very instrumental in helping us kind of extract, uh, spin this company out. And then Alberto Yapez, who we have had a relationship with for a long time, he and his team came out and did a complete due diligence. And they had been looking at the space for over three years. And uh, they hadn't seen, uh, uh, they were really uh, happy to see what we had built. And luckily for yeah. us, they decided to lead our Series A early this year. Talk about timing. We yes. closed our Series A in, uh, in February, led by uh, Forge Point Capital and uh, supported by Trend Forward Capital. And uh, we raised $26 million. Uh, it's roughly $32 million uh, or so in, uh, in, in Series A. So here we are now. We are out to build our sales and marketing engine and uh, uh, ready, to, uh, ready to take it to the next level. That's so interesting. I mean, that's a narrative that like ties everything together so perfectly in the formation of uh, Sisev. Um, and it's, it's very interesting that actually you went out at trend micro and wanted to make an acquisition, but there was nothing to buy. Right. So you built it yourself and then you found, uh, sort of private equity firm that was actually also looking to invest and they didn't have anything to invest in. So it's like just serendipitous that you found each other. And this was somebody you knew from decades ago. And it's, uh, Amazing how it all came together. But I think that's, I mean, great validation. You know, you were sitting inside of Trend Micro, saw the gap, wanted to go make an acquisition, didn't find anyone. Uh, and you were also in probably the best position to build something. Yeah. And, and, and uh, again, like I said, I think we, we, um, we're lucky to be, uh, have started as a project inside Trend Micro because of the access we got to, uh, yes. to customers and partners where we could really understand the pain points better. Uh, and, and that led to the creation of this platform and having the support that we did from, from everybody at Trend and, uh, and, and the team that we assembled was, was fantastic. So for those who are not experts in, in uh, uh, security, right, especially in the current sort of cloud era, and how those challenges are different than they were in the past. Can you describe the core functionality of the platform and what it's addressing in the market? Yeah, yeah. So we we call it uh, the the SOC as a service platform. So think of it as a SaaS based platform, uh, which is completely built on GCP, uh, Google Cloud, and we uh, we ingest enterprise telemetry at scale. What that means is we get data from many different sources, both security products and the infrastructure. We take in all that data. Uh, and then we, our engine gets to work, our data science and automation driven engine gets to work. It churns through all the data to find out hidden threats, high fidelity mm -hmm. incidents, hidden threats in any environment. And then uh, we automate the investigation process. So all that information is available on a single screen. And, uh, uh, and then we have our experts working directly with our customers and partners to help remediate uh, remediate the threats. So uh, it's a complete end-to-end -end platform to help our customers uh, take their journey forward in the SOC maturity lifecycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, we start uh, anywhere with, uh, you know, that we see some really interesting projects. One of our customers, a very large Fortune 100 customers is going through a massive uh, digital transformation, right? So they are mm -hmm. modernizing their apps and they're moving to a completely serverless and containers-based architecture where 
there is no physical infrastructure and uh, being able to uh, to support them through this journey where we are able to not only secure their their assets in the cloud but also secure uh, these applications uh, as we put a spotlight on and we are monitoring for any hidden threats and being able to remediate that has been a huge value for our customers so in a nutshell uh, though for those who are in the cybersecurity business they can think of it as a as we are in the next generation of uh, kind of the security incident and event management platform, mm -hmm. uh, which has multiple other technologies built in like SOAR and Threat Intel and, and analytics and so on to help customers stay ahead of the threats. I mean, the, uh, the security posture these days is so important. I mean, the uh, threats are, I think, ever increasing, getting more sophisticated. Uh, the challenge is the volume of data that's being generated all the time, false positives, what's actually happening. And I mean, it's, it's a it's a cloud scale problem today because of how these applications are built and how big the applications are and the, and the sort of the surface area of the potential threat is, right? Absolutely, and, and if you look at uh, look at the world around, everything has an IP address now. Everything is connected, starting from your cars to your, you know, lamps to your <laughs> printers, and everything yeah. has an IP address and sharing information. So you're absolutely right. The attack surface has increased, and more importantly, the amount of data being created has increased. So you really need an engine which can process through all these large amount of data to find that one needle in the haystack. And, and there's a good chance that you might miss it if you have just people scanning through through data, right? You need technology at play. So what do you, what's your view of, in your investment hypothesis, you just went and raised money. Like, what do you think the, uh, the market opportunity is, the TAM? What does it look like? Yeah, like I, I like to think cybersecurity has finally hit, uh, uh, I want to say, a critical velocity when it comes to adoption just worldwide people do realize that the next battle is going to be fought on the uh, on the internet right and right, there, right. there is uh, you open up the newspaper or, or any website and you see every day there is a news on somebody getting breached and compromised and and, and information getting stolen so uh, we feel that uh, cybersecurity will continue to get a larger share of the wallet in most enterprises prices as they fortify their defenses, as they mature up what they've already invested in. Some are farther along in the journey, some are, some are relatively new, but we feel there is more investment that's going in. And as companies are making investments into cybersecurity, uh, they are uh, to be able to leverage those investment, they need a proper monitoring uh, system, right. a proper SOC, the command center I was talking about. And and so uh, from that perspective, we feel we are in the right kind of kind of spot because uh, uh, you, if companies are investing in security controls and not ensuring that those controls are being applied properly, are being configured, optimized properly, uh, you are not extracting yeah. the real value, and that's where yeah. the stock comes in, right? So for us, totally. Everybody's a customer. Everybody who has ever bought any cybersecurity tool yeah. is a customer. So that's why our vision, when we started the company, even though we started at the enterprise so that we could learn and get the data, our vision is we want to democratize SIM and threat hunting for everybody. Even smaller companies should be able to access that directly through the CISIF platform or through a partner of ours, be able to get access to the to kind of a more modern SOC architecture 
threat hunting, data science, all that good stuff. Yeah, I think if you ask CIOs, what are their top three priorities? They always say security, one or two, or let's say three. Should we really should really be one or two? But traditionally, it has not been one or two in terms of actual priorities. Like, what are you actually doing about it? Right? Like, are you spending money? Are you building capabilities? Are you deploying a platform like Slicev? I think traditionally they have not been doing that. Yeah, and and that that's absolutely right. So, like I said, we you know, I, I I was lucky to get into this journey very early, and uh, I've seen a big evolution. Uh, it started off being a a necessary expense. That's how security yeah, is treated right. back Necessary when. evil, yeah. Necessary yeah. evil. I wanted to, don't yeah. want to say evil. I'm in that space, so I want to call it a necessary <laughs> expense. And uh, yeah. and uh, it uh, it has evolved over the years uh, as, as more of an enabler. So if you look at all the transformations that are happening to, together um, now, whether it's digital or cloud, cybersecurity continues to play a very important role in enabling those transformations. Absolutely. In a, in a shared responsibility model with uh, with the cloud, uh, we help customers take that journey with confidence and assurance, and and that's where it's become a board level conversation now, right? A cyber risk is now discussed at the board level, and mm -hmm. for us, that's massive progress. And to your point, we have definitely seen a change in uh, a change in focus for sure. And look, we're, we're in the business of helping organizations through that digital journey, which ends up them having a larger cloud footprint. And, you know, the conversation always goes like, is the cloud secure? Is GCP secure? Is Azure secure? Is it, you know, whatever, right? AWS secure. It's like, yes, like at the core, they're extremely secure, probably more than you could do on your own at the core. But configuration, containerization, identity, proxy, all these other things, like they're still your responsibility. <laughs> you know, like you still, you, you have to monitor those things because otherwise you end up with front page news, a S3 bucket with terabytes of critical data, right? It's not because, you know, it was not an AWS mistake that that happened. It was a customer that left something vulnerable. We, I absolutely agree, Tony, and I could not agree with you anymore. We always believe cloud makes uh, security better. Uh, cloud provides an opportunity for enterprises to shore up their defenses. So inherently, cloud is absolutely secure, but every cloud platform provider will talk about a shared responsibility model. To, uh, of course. What you were saying earlier, right? The, the infrastructure is secure, but the application is customers. The data is customers. <laughs> and you, mm -hmm. the customers know it better than uh, the providers themselves, right? So they have to have those proper defenses and more importantly, monitoring in place. You can have all the defenses. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, you, you still shouldn't put your cameras on in your house, right? Uh, 100%. It, and, and that's what, we feel uh, the SOC sort of role is to, to make sure that the proper defenses are in place and then you're monitoring on top to see if there are in, uh, any hidden threats. Yeah, uh, you, you brought up cameras and it's so funny how this whole concept is really entering the consumer world, right? I have these, you know, Google Next cameras and uh, they're monitoring and it's like, well, it could alert me every time it sees a face or it can alert me when it sees a new face or a different face. And that is a a completely different experience and you just extrapolate it that to like millions of data points um in a different paradigm but that concept is the same like show me the stuff that's relevant right? yeah we tony you just uh, basically uh stated out my our value prop uh, in, in such uh, such easy language uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right it's about 
not seeing every phase, but uh, focusing on what's the new phase and then a potential threat. And then that's where all the science yeah. and the innovation is going in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to talk about uh, the recent sort of uh, investment decision. Uh, we put you in a category, and as Google thinks of you, we think of you as you're, you're a digital native customer, meaning your core business is the platform, right? <laughs> and, and you've made a deliberate choice. You know, you, you launched this thing a couple of years ago. You could have done it on any cloud. Um, but you're in that category of not a five or six or 10-year-old digital native. You're a two-year-old digital native. And we're seeing somewhat of a trend of companies that started in a digital native fashion the last couple of years, choosing Google for various reasons. But I really want to understand why you have chosen Google and your teams have chosen Google Cloud as the one to bet on? Um, uh, yeah, Tony, that's that's a good question, actually, great question. So when we looked at, uh, at building this platform out, what was important for us was to build a completely modern architecture. We did not want to take what already exists and, and move it to the cloud, and that would defeat the whole purpose. We had to extract the value out of the cloud. And for us, uh, there were a couple of things, uh, obviously, uh, the building blocks. I like to think of cloud as provider of fantastic foundational building blocks. We we mm -hmm. take that on, and you kind of innovate on top, and you you create whatever you want to build on top. And and uh, to what we were building, uh, in terms of our platform, we saw a lot of synergy, and we saw a lot of those building blocks from from GCP, uh, which could really help uh, accelerate our journey and accelerate our time to market, right, in building this platform. So that was really important for us. Um, storage was important for us at an affordable price, mm -hmm. right? So that's always, uh, uh, I talked about big data and, and storage kind of goes hand in hand. So it was important to uh, to have a platform that can scale uh, cost effectively. And uh, in our opinion, Google is definitely helping us with that. We have obviously dri driven innovation on top, as in we have, we have a tiered storage model that we've designed on top of Google Storage, but uh, uh, you know we have the foundation. So, um, so that so that was important to us. Uh, we are big on data science uh, and mm -hmm. automation, and, and we could see that uh, we could leverage a lot of the uh, the services from Google to help us. Again, it's about time to market to be in the market faster. So, uh, these were uh, some of the reasons and some of the considerations that we had when we chose uh, GCP as a platform. We are obviously. In terms of data consumption, we are platform agnostic. We'll take mm -hmm. data from every any, cloud any source, uh, platform out there. But in terms of uh, building this service out, we are native to uh, to GCP. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's um, uh, it has become, I think, kind of the choice of engineers. GCP has. You know, we hear this from other customers who are built rel you know, relatively in the last couple of years. You know, if you were built 10 years ago, eight years ago, maybe you didn't feel like you had many choices. It's like AWS was a default and that's what everybody used. Uh, but now, like if we're letting the engineering folks pick and there's not some legacy or technical debt or politics or other alliances, like you're just making the true decision based on performance and engineering and capabilities and ease of use, we're hearing more and more that, uh, well, the choice is clear. And I think it sounds like that's part of what you ran into, but, um, and, and what drove part of the decision, but that wasn't the only thing. Uh, the partnership with you that we've done with Google is very unique in that 
uh, it brings forth the digital natives kind of an angle that is also driving a lot of value, or we hope will drive a lot of value over time for the long term, and is and is also differentiated. And it's really the how we go to market together. Yeah, and and again, we are excited, really excited to be partnering with uh, with yourself, Tony, and your team, as well as Google, and signing up as a Google CoSell partner. Mm. Uh, we see tremendous value as customers are taking this journey on for uh, transformations where they're moving, they're modernizing their apps, they're moving from you know their standard traditional on-prem environment to more hybrid uh, setup or or, or all-cloud uh, setup. Uh, we see, again, our role as an enabler and excited about this partnership because now we have an opportunity to bundle all these together and make it really seamless yes. for our customers to be able to acquire uh, acquire both the technology, the platform, and a security uh, for cloud, uh, from the cloud, from GCP, all together as one bundle. So I'm absolutely excited about uh, the prospects of, uh, of helping our, our mutual customers uh, as they take on this journey. And I think we have... Uh, I've definitely seen the talent at, uh, at at Google and SARA system so far, and I know my team is excited to be partnering with uh, with both. Yeah, I mean it's so interesting, and this is just fundamentally a byproduct of cloud economics and how this market works. This co-selling thing and this sort of like joint go-to-market thing wouldn't exist if, if if the incentives were not so aligned to begin with. Like, of course, we want Sysif to be wildly successful, and so does Google, because that means you will consume and need more GCP. <laughs> like, it's a very linear value proposition, right? And uh, it's it's just it's a beautiful thing because it actually drives the incentives for everyone to do the right thing all the time. I, I completely agree, Tony, and I think you you hit the key word there. Uh, our incentives are are aligned. Our motivations are aligned, right? We obviously all want to serve our mutual customers and and drive businesses for uh, for each other. And this Google CoSell program helps us with that alignment. So, uh, and and it provides a platform to have that discussion, right? Because there is something That's unique right. that we are creating together between the three correct, of us. Correct. Correct. And being able to uh, get a platform where we are able to. Uh, state what that combined value is, and then being able to help our customers is uh, is fantastic. Yeah, and you know, Google's relatively choosy. Not everybody gets to be part of the co-sell. Like it has to be unique value proposition, has to be GCP native, has to fill a gap that we feel like there's a market need for. So um, I'm excited about that. And uh, that relationship and journey is just starting. I mean, we're basically married now for many, many years. So. We have to make each other successful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We are we are absolutely honored to be a uh, to be a part of this relationship for sure, and uh, are thankful that uh, uh, Google has seen the strategic value of what we have built, and are really excited about. Uh, we are already working on some joint opportunities, believe it or not. Like we just signed oh, the agreement, wow. and we already have a yeah, uh, opportunities where we're working together. So I uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what we can accomplish. We are as well, and it's been a, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on on Cloud and Clear, Tony. Thank you again for uh, for having me as a guest. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, and I always uh, find our conversations very fascinating. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, just uh, sharing my experiences, um, maybe I'll leave it uh, with a couple of things. Uh, you asked me about my journey, and I, I've always felt uh, an area that I'm extremely grateful for down the years is. Uh, 
Uh, I've had some amazing people uh, that I have worked with and some amazing mentors on the way. And uh, I continue to build those relationships and, and seek those relationships. So uh, I'm looking forward to working with, uh, with, with yourself and your team and, and the broader Google team, the culture and, and, and what we are trying to build and, and, and so on. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated and our whole team is in, in helping our customers as they go through this journey. And, and there, is, there, is that, uh, there is customer-centric approach that is built into our DNA, uh, which, uh, which we, uh, we hope to kind of build this platform out and build this company out where we are, we are more instrumental in customer success. Uh, I always think about uh, uh, our journey and, 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 uh, and what we are trying to do either uh, inside Sizeable or together uh, you know, we are, uh, again, we are very early. Uh, we are very early when it so comes early. to data science and automation. We're just scratching the surface. There is so much more we can accomplish, right? We are still early in cybersecurity. There is so much more that can be done. So uh, it was important for us to build a, a, a learning organization where we are learning in the, uh, together, right? We are learning with the customer, with yourself, with Google, and there is so many new things we'll learn every day. And that absolutely fascinates us. And I'm, I'm hoping I get to meet other companies who are working on disruptive technologies and, and get to learn from them while we share our own experiences. So uh, thank you again for, uh, for having me as a guest. And uh, I look forward to working with you and, and the broader Google team, Tony. I could, I could not agree more that uh, this is just the beginning. Uh, for so many organizations in their journey. And it's so fortunate to be in a position to help and to be in a position to serve. And uh, we love doing that with you and with Google Cloud and, and uh, looking for a fantastic many years ahead. And thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.